Welcome to the virtual church with Reverend Prosper Asamoah. Reverend Prosper Asamoah is the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary Takradi, where Jesus is exalted and his love demonstrated. Now, the sermon. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for another day in your house, another day of fellowship, another day of impartation. Another day of hearing from you and knowing how to walk with you. Help us today, Lord, that we understand your word, that we walk by your word. Help us, Lord. Help me, Lord, that I may be able to speak your word, to touch hearts, to transform lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. God bless you for coming. It's a great day. Sundays are powerful days. Friday, we had an awesome time here. We are, talk, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. We are in our covenant weekend. And this covenant weekend with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. We had an awesome time. I tried to explain to you how we must depend on the Holy Spirit. I tried to use the internet as uh, an illustration, an analogy. How we depend on the internet so much for information, for knowledge, for guidance, for medicine, for war, for whatever. And the Holy Spirit is available with even better information, better knowledge, better uh, war tactics. It can go anywhere and do anything in a battle, and we are in a battle with the enemy. In our health, the Holy Spirit is there to do any surgery, wherever, on any part of the body. The Holy Spirit is, is who we should depend on. So if we, we, we cannot leave the house without our phone, we cannot live without, we cannot walk around without our phone. Anytime our phone is success, because we want to be on top of what is happening, then we should not be able to walk away, walk or be, there should be no time that we don't have the Holy Spirit with us. Because at the, in the, on the internet, it is people who put the information there. But for the Holy Spirit, it's God who puts the information there. Hallelujah. So he's able, he knows the hearts of men. The internet doesn't know the heart of men. The internet is in the physical but this is spiritual. And life is not made up of the natural only. It's made up of sp the spiritual realm, which controls the natural realm. So if we are not spiritual, engaging the Holy Spirit, then we are losing out like somebody who has a phone, a powerful phone, but doesn't know how to navigate the internet, doesn't know how to, where to go for information, doesn't know what to use the phone for. Many Christians are like that. We have the Holy Spirit is available to us, but we are not engaging him because we don't know what to do. And we are struggling in life. Our struggle has come to an end. Amen. Today I want to continue with the Holy Spirit. I'll talk, I'll let me title it, uh, Walk in the Holy Spirit. Or Walk with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We are supposed to walk with the Holy Spirit. 
Bible says, Jesus says, walk in the spirit. Paul said it several times, walk in the spirit. We must walk in the spirit. And when we say walk in the spirit, we've been taught or we have come with this knowledge or this understanding or belief that walking in the spirit means um, always shaking. And that sort of thing, there's some mystical like fetish be that come in the soul and is yeah, there's no Charlie calm down. What <laughs> walking in the spirit doesn't have an outward sensational something. It is your spirit. It's not your body. And many of us judge our fellow beings because uh, they don't do anything outwardly spiritual. But if it is outwardly, it's no more spiritual. If it is, you can see it, it's not spiritual. Because the manifestation you can see, but the spirit you cannot see. So we shouldn't, I'm not saying you should be walking around and shh. I've just stopped those things. Or people are still doing it. Hallelujah. So let's see how we walk in the spirit. We'll read some few scriptures. Jesus, after he died, he woke up, he came to the disciples, he told them, listen, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power. He was going. He was no more. Then when he was with them, he could do everything. He was there. But he was going to heaven. He was going to be with the Father. And he said, when I'm gone, he had promised them earlier that you send the Holy Spirit. He said, when I'm gone. He said, wait in Jerusalem. Listen, you cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. So wait in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Wait. And then you receive the Holy Spirit. When it comes, you get what? Power. Power to live your Christian life. Power to, to, to be able to walk with Christ. Power to live in this world. Power. The Christian life requires that you have power. If you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, your life will be miserable. Wait in Jerusalem. We are all supposed to desire and receive the power because even for the early Christians who had even worked with him before, they, did, they needed the Holy Spirit before they could continue. How much more we those didn't see him physically? We need it more. We need the Holy Spirit more. We need him more. We need him. It says, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes, and then you receive power. Then you be my witnesses. I've always said, witness Witness is, I was there. But people will see you and say you are a witness. They will know Jesus by seeing you. And the power that you carry is, is also a witness. Witness is not only going to talk. Witness, manifesting, being a witness means that you were there, it has affected you. And people see you and you, oh, this man has been affected. When you receive the power, people will see it. Hallelujah. And you yourself, you know that you have power. So who is the Holy Spirit? I've always tried to explain this, but I'll always try to explain until we catch it because 
Holy Spirit is not air. Holy is not wind. It's not fire. It's not a bed. It's, it's not a bed. It's <laughs> Sometimes it money when Jesus was baptized, the, Holy, uh, the dove came uh, dove came upon him and then they heard a voice. It wasn't the, the dove who spoke. Okay. They, they heard a voice, but we think the dove spoke. Well, people keep doubts because they say it's the Holy Spirit. You keep it. You can have a thousand doubts in your house and still you don't have the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is not, it's not, it's not, it's not a dove, it's not fire, it's not water. But sometimes it manifests itself in some of those things. But that's not it. It's a spirit. And spirit is not visible to our natural eyes. But they said God is three in one. And this is very fundamental to our Christian life. You must understand it. Some time ago, Okay, me. People who knew me far, far, far many years ago, 30 years or so ago, knew me as an accountant. Even 20 years, they knew me as an accountant. And there are people too who later on knew me as what? A businessman. And there are other people who now know me as a pastor. I am three, I'm the same person, Prosper Kuku Asamoa, the same person. But I manifest myself differently at different times. So I'm three in one. It doesn't mean there are three different people. So you shouldn't be confused. So God the Father was at one time dealing with the Israelites, and that's how he manifested himself as the Father. Then at the proper time, he, Jesus came. It's the same God who came in the form of Christ, in Jesus. He came to die for us, to purchase us. Because somebody must purchase us from the mess that Adam did. And we needed blood. Blood is needed. And human blood is not pure. It's, it's contaminated. So he himself has to come and make sure that we are bought. So God manifested himself as the son. So we say he's the son. But he, he, he came as the son. And the son still relates to the father. And that's where the complication comes. But this is the manifestation, three manifestations of the same God. And then when Jesus was going, he said, I'm going. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not come. So he left. And he sent the Holy Spirit. So we, we have three in one, but they are all God. It's the same God. I'm not teaching that today, so I cannot go too much into it. But it's the same. The Holy Spirit is God. The King James called it the Holy Ghost. Trying to say that Jesus is ghost. It is his spirit. So we say, oh, there are no ghosts. There are ghosts. But I believe that they stay for a short time and they get lost. But there are ghosts. So Jesus' spirit. So God the Father planned our salvation. He planned that we'll be saved. And God the Son, Jesus, purchased our salvation. He came and purchased, he shed his blood to purchase our salvation. And then God the Holy Spirit empowers our salvation. Hallelujah. So Jesus has purchased us with his blood. But now the power by which to walk in salvation is with the Holy Spirit. That's why we must engage the Holy Spirit. So I will receive that power for us to continue to walk in our salvation. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But we know salvation is by grace. You don't, you don't, it's not by works. But after you have been saved, you must work it out, let it manifest, let enjoy it, let it grow, let it, let, let it grow. 
So we work it out. And how do we work it out? By the Holy Spirit. Because he empowers us. So if you're a Christian, so if you're born again, it's finished, you go to heaven. Yes, we'll go to heaven. But you need the power. The power is not to make people fall down. Because you have not laid hands on anybody to fall down, don't think you have power. You, have, you can have power. And you cannot, you, nobody will fall down under your, your, your laying of hands. But you still have power. Power to do what God has ordained you to do. Power to, to minister. Power to, to, to teach. Power to, to be a lawyer. Power to be an accountant. Power to be a doctor. Power, power to be a preacher. Power to be whatever. Or a combination of this. You have power to live above what the devil can do for you. Power in the spiritual realm to overcome the, what the devil has planned against you. Power. You need power. And that empowerment comes from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want to talk about three kinds of persons. And each of us will find ourselves in one of the three. So get ready to locate yourself. Hallelujah. And in the church, we have all these three. First, we have the natural man. The natural man. Paul told the Corinthians, he wrote to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are fully to him, and he is not able to understand them, because they are spiritually designed. The natural man is generally the unbeliever. He doesn't accept the things of God. When we are saying that uh, you must be born again, he doesn't understand. Because he's natural. He's, he, has, he doesn't engage the spirit at all. If we, they, will, they, will, they will read the Bible, they say they don't understand. This is just some story. He's a natural man. See, he will not understand the things of God. When we talk about sacrifice, when we talk about bringing first fruits, we talk about giving, he doesn't understand. He will question it. Because if I want more money, I must accumulate the money. I must add to what I have. I cannot be giving out so that I'll get more. It is spiritual. He doesn't understand. He's a natural person. A natural person will, will do anything to arrive at the physical needs that he wants. Because he doesn't understand that there's a spiritual realm that controls, there's a God that controls things, that we must align with him and work with him. And the natural man is generally the unbeliever. He doesn't believe in Jesus, he doesn't believe in God. Very natural. So everything that we Christians do is foolishness unto him. They go about and they have fun, they enjoy, they think that that's all, and they laugh. If I, they, they, what we do is foolishness. So they think that we are foolish. You see, a madman sees all of us as mad. They, they, they are foolish, but they think we are foolish. And their life is just in the natural realm. It says, the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God. There are things in the spirit that we pray in tongues and people ask, so what language is that? But when you go to the fetish, and they sit there and they're doing and then somebody will interpret. That one, you believe in it. But the things of God, they will not understand. They will not agree. You know the fetish is speaking in tongues. Sometimes the fetish himself will interpret. Sometimes somebody will interpret. Sometimes there's a sign inside. (laughs) 
they've agreed what they will collect already. So <laughs> it doesn't matter what he says. The, the interpreter knows what to say. <laughs> so if you're a natural person, sometimes you are questioning, and they, they, they question you. They question the church. They question the Christian. They question our activity. They, and so, uh, so Jesus, well, so Jesus died, and and well, then God is wicked. He, he, so he's a natural man. God is wicked. Why does he like blood? But you don't understand spiritual things. And sometimes when they are asking these questions, or they are they are showing their foolishness, then some of us get confused. It's a natural person. Such people, I will try, try and talk to you, but if your foolishness is deep, I'll leave you. And there are many people who are natural people. I pray there's no natural man here. Hallelujah. Then there's the spiritual person. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 to 16 says, The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. As a spiritual man, you judge all things. And we don't judge after the flesh. We don't judge in the natural. We judge with the spirit. The spiritual person is the one who has the spirit of God, who has the Holy Spirit in him. The spiritual person is the one. It's not there are some people who are Do you know who? Those who engage fetish, apart from the fetish priests and things, they are not spiritual people, though. They just believe in the spirit. But they don't operate, they don't have the spirit living in them. But they operate, how do I do it? When you have the Holy Spirit, it's living in you. And you judge things. Let's continue. It says, judge by no one. For he has understood the mind of the Lord. For who has understood the mind of the Lord? So as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. If you have, you have the Holy Spirit and you engage the Holy Spirit, you have the mind of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit will affect your mind. The Holy Spirit will affect your mind so much to the point that you don't have to get prophecy to know what to do. But you, the way you think, it just flows with the Spirit. And that's where I want us to get to. The way you think, you flow with the Spirit. You don't have to call me. We need counsel. We need advice. We all take counsel sometimes. But on your daily walk, you don't have to call me or call Pastor Ado or call somebody to, to, to direct you on, on, on the normal things. Because, because you have the mind of Christ and you can be able to, to engage the Spirit. That, I know it takes time to get there. Sometimes I also still do foolish things, even though I have the mind of Christ, because I'm still natural, I'm still growing. But I'm encouraging us all to grow, to get to that point where we have the mind of Christ, because we have engaged the Holy Spirit. We are working with him. It is important that we are filled with the Spirit. When you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit, but you must be filled with the Spirit. It is a command, something that we must be doing. It says, don't be drunk with wine but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a command. It's something that we have to do. It doesn't automatically come that you are born again, so automatically the Holy Spirit has come. No, you must grow in it. When you get born again, we are born again. We are born babies. We must grow. And we grow in the Holy Spirit. Christianity does not end 
at birth. It ends with growth. It ends until you, it, it continues until you die. You must be growing till you die. And we must work on it. That one it doesn't come by chance. It doesn't come, God loves us, yes, but it doesn't just throw it on us. It, it, we must work. We must be diligent in pursuing Jesus, pursuing the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So that's the spiritual man. He has the mind of Christ. And he judges things by the Spirit. He understands. If you hear something about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside you will, will teach you. What we talk about, you see, I, you know we don't talk too much about money in this church. But I believe that when you have the Holy Spirit, when the anointing is on you, and you have the mind of Christ, I don't have to cajole you to give money. You give. Because me, when I'm giving, nobody cajoles me to give. And I give excessively. I give to church, to people. I, I just give. That is me. Because I know it's a spiritual thing. I know it's a spiritual key. And I understand that. It, it, I don't have to understand how it works. When, when I give, so how will God, how will I get more? No, when I give, it is gone. No, I don't think that way. But I know it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual principle. So that's why I don't believe. I'd rather teach you the word. When I teach you the word, and the anointing of God comes upon you, you give. Hallelujah. May you receive the mind of Christ. I'm teaching all this is because I want our Christianity to be, to be practical. Too many people are frustrated. That takes us to the next one. The carnal person. The third one is the carnal man. Carnal. First Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 3, verse 1 to 3 says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready. For you are still in the flesh. It means you are carnal. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Can, I, can you give me uh, NLT? New Living Translation. I've not looked at it, but I believe it gives us better English. It's a, a simpler English. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belong to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Are you living like people of the world? So there's this carnal people. These are Christians. The natural man is not a Christian. But this carnal man, he's a Christian. They are Christians. And Paul was writing to the church in Corinth that I can't talk to you like spiritual people. So the pastor will come and say, but Pastor, I think this thing, I think this is what the word I have. I said, Yes, it's true, but these things, we can't preach it now. There are some things I cannot preach. And there are some, some things I cannot tell you. 
But they are deep spiritual things. Paul is saying there are people who are carnal. They are Christians. They are born again. They have the Holy Spirit inside them. Because without the Holy Spirit, you cannot be born again. That's what I believe. But they don't walk with the Spirit. They've not grown. So they are babies. They are, they are babies in the Christian walk. And, and so they can't engage the Holy Spirit. And these are Christians. And some of us are like that. But you cannot, and do you know something? The, the most miserable people are not the unbelievers, the natural man. It is a Christian who is carnal. We are more, they are more miserable than the, 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 the unbeliever. The unbeliever says you're an unbeliever. You know. But the Christian who is carnal, then we are jumping for solutions. There are a lot of testimonies in this church. A lot. Many great things are happening. People are getting breakthrough. In fact, when you enter this church, and God told me that many years ago, when I was harassing him, that I helped bless my people, he told me, listen, there's nobody that comes to this church and connects to this church, and his life is not better. And it's true. When you enter this church and you connect to this church, you don't join the concern group and you, you connect. You connect properly. Your life will definitely be better. Sometimes you don't even notice. But when you, you look back after one year, after two years, hey, things have changed. Hallelujah. The carnal person does not engage in any spiritual thing. And we are here, we are carnal. Some are carnal and we are struggling. I'm teaching you this so that we can engage the spirit. We can walk with God. We'll, we'll have the mind of Christ. We'll, we'll be able to take charge of situations, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, health. Look, every believer should be able to, he says, this signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. It's not this signs shall follow the pastors and the elders. No. Everyone that believes, in my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak in tongues. When they lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. I understand there are anointings, levels of anointing. There are some things that you need intervention. You need somebody with higher anointing to help. But there are basic facet, spiritual facets that you should be able to do. And that's why I'm teaching this. I'm teaching so that we can be, we can walk. If somebody brings a business deal to you, straight away, if you are sharp, you are working with God, you, you sense that, you know, I'm, I'm not comfortable. It's the spirit. Then you say, okay, hold on. Um, I think I have a meeting tomorrow or next week. Come, let's talk about it. You give yourself time to go and sit down with the Holy Spirit properly. And then before you realize, you, you will tell whether to do it or not to do it. And if after a while, you'll be so sharp that when the thing comes, you know, it's not right. You throw it off. But initially, you, you need some time to go and pray fast. Hallelujah. But we must engage the spirit. We must, we must not be carnal. If you are carnal, things will be happening around you. And you'll be miserable. I'm not saying when you're spiritual, you don't get problems. Sometimes because you're spiritual, the devil attacks you more. He brings more troubles. But in all that, you have your peace. Hallelujah. So what else ought to Let's grow in the spirit. Let's walk with the spirit so that we, we, we can be able to take charge of our lives. The Christian life is not a carnal walk. It's not just babies. You must grow. Paul is saying, ah, uh, let's go to verse 1. He says, I, I cannot talk to you. Verse 1 says, dear brothers and sisters. You see, they are brothers and sisters. That's what I want you to know, that they are born again. Oh. And some of us are jumping from place to place, looking for answers, jumping from prophet to prophet. I say, prophet, we are good. Oh, papa. Then we are going, he has come. Then we are going this one. Hallelujah. It's because sometimes we are carnal. We know there's a spiritual power somewhere, but we ourselves are not growing. And for how long will we be roaming? For how long? 
we, we, we expect that will grow will be thousands. And how many prophets can we have to, to take care of all the thousand people? We are, my, my desire and my call is to make you grow, to live victorious Christian lives. And you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't, let, don't, be, don't, be let, don't, don't, don't think that spirituality will make you lose your joy or your fun or goodness in life. No. I have a good life. I'm happy with myself. That doesn't take away from my spirituality. Okay? Sometimes we think spirituality will make us uh, boring. It's not boring. It's powerful. You are in charge. You are in control. If you are not in control of something, you, you, are, you are miserable. But when you are in control of your life, you are, you are more in charge and you are happier. The Holy Spirit will make you put you in charge. He says, so don't, don't let this come apply to you that I couldn't talk to you as spiritual people. I have to talk to you though as if you belong to this world. So Paul was talking to them as if they are unbelievers because they don't understand spiritual things. There are deep, deep spiritual things. When we come to church, we shouldn't be talking about sin and laying of hands and things. One day I teach, those are fundamental principles. Salvation, and this is fundamental principle. There are deeper things we should talk about that we shall we'll be able to, to rise above some, some levels of opposition that the devil is, is, is bringing towards us. We should be able to rise. There are many things we should do, but I can't teach you those things until you understand spiritual things. I want us to be able to teach you deep things, show you how the spiritual realm operates, show you how you can take charge. But I can't show you if you don't have, you can't walk with the spirit. When you are running around looking for this thing all the time. Hallelujah. Is somebody being blessed? So how will you know where you are? Which where you are in the in the three places? As for the natural man, I pray that if you are here and not born again, when I call for a new convert, you also come because you must be born again. Then you have the spirit. So the natural man won't talk about it. But there are in the house of God, in the kingdom of God, in the church, there are people, and we must be able to identify ourselves. So how do you? Identify yourself. How the indicators of yourself. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When the Bible is saying the flesh, in this case, in most cases, it's not talking about flesh. It's not hunam. It's not flesh. It's not physical, the body. It is a force. It is, it is a power controlled by the enemy. So if you don't have the spirit, the default position, default means that without this, where you are by, by nature, the default position is the flesh. The default position is that you are controlled by the things of this world. So the flesh is not your body. It is your, where you align yourself to. It says, but I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you don't walk by the spirit of God, then automatically you will be satisfying the other side, the, the, the other power which is not the Holy Spirit. And that's called the flesh. You have the Holy Spirit inside you, but if you don't walk with him, you will end up 
doing the other things. And many of us have struggles in us. It continues to say, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. So Paul, being a human being and being practical, he's saying that, listen, we all go through, at one point in Romans, he said, I, I, the things I want to do, I cannot do. The things I, I do not want to do, that is what I'm doing. So there's this struggle in us. It's in everybody. Hallelujah. But you must make the conscious decision to make a choice to walk with the Spirit. So that is a responsibility that each of us have to carry. Nobody can do that for you. The Holy Ghost cannot do that for you. You must make a choice that I will walk with you. Because the two desires contradict each other. And you are used to this work, and now you are born again, and you have the spirit. So you must make up your mind that, no, I won't do this. When the opportunity, every time you are deciding what to do, you can be rough, you can, you can do this or do that, but you choose what the spirit says. And they are always fighting each other. So what are the indicators of if you are walking by the flesh? And that one, Bible calls it the works of the flesh. They are the works of the flesh. What the flesh makes you do, what that power makes you do, it's manifest. So to find yourself, nobody's going to judge anybody. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just giving you the word of God. You judge yourself. Hallelujah. Judge yourself and find out where you are. We'll spend a few minutes on that one. The same Galatians, continuing chapter 5, verse 18. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. When somebody is being, is being controlled by the flesh, it is evident. You all see. You yourself too, you see. This morning, you are going to see. Hallelujah. Sexual immorality. Mm. That takes 80% of us away. Sexual immorality. And sexual immorality is in various forms. Fornication, adultery, what? Homosexuality, uh, lesbianism, all those things. If you are doing those things, it's evident. That one, you don't need any anointing to know. It is there. But we are not pointing finger at anybody, but I want you to check, your, check yourself. I'm saying if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you struggle. You struggle in this life. You struggle for Christian. But these are the works of the flesh to show that you are not working with the Spirit. You can't work with the Spirit and be doing this thing. That's why when people are saying that, no, it's easy, we should accept everybody. We accept everybody, but we are not working with the Spirit. Impurity. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Give me good news, Bible. I want us to understand this one. What human nature does is quite plain. It shows itself in immoral, filthy, and indecent actions. Are you immoral? You do things that morally are wrong. And you do it consistently. Once in a while, all of us make mistakes. We do some mess up. But you are consistent in it. You, 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 that's how you are. You are filthy. Not physically filthy. But maybe the words that come out of your mouth. It's filthy. Indecent actions. Some of your actions that you do are indecent. The way you talk, the way you dress, the way you... You, you, you behave towards people. It's indecent. It's not nice. Some way. If you're a decent person, it shows. If you're indecent, it shows. Verse 20. In the worship of idols and witchcraft. Now we are going to higher levels. Worship of idols and witchcraft. If anybody worships idols and witchcraft, and there are believers who, who say, give to Caesar, host to Caesar, and give to Paul, host uh, to Jesus. It is wrong. When Jesus was saying that, he was not talking about Worship of idols. In fact, what God sin 
is worshiping any other thing apart from God. That is sin. Sin proper is relying, trusting, worshiping, and believing in any other deity apart from God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. That is sin. That's the bottom line of sin. That's sometimes you can do a lot of things. God will let you, but when it comes to that, but so if you are worshiping idols, you say, oh, me, I, but you send money, you, you know what your uncle wants the money for. He said, look, he said, bon, pa, eh, a fiasu. Eh, eh, so, oh, I can't come into remember. You know what he's going to use it for. He will tell you that the goat costs this much, or the cow costs this, and the, and the, and the yam costs this, and the schnapp costs this. So, oh, it's uh, 3,200. But if you bring in 5,000, I'll be fine. And then you send it. You are worshipping idols. You must be strong like Daniel and say, I won't. Sometimes we do it by remote. We do it by, yeah, we send somebody and we, no, don't. You know that when you go to your uncle or your mother, wherever she is, you know what they worship. And you have moved. You know when you go and tell them your problems, you know what they will do. You are hoping that they will go and consult the fetish on your behalf. You, in your heart, you know they will do that. Thinking that that one may help you. You are worshipping idols. Because it is in your heart. It's what happens in your heart that matters. It's not what the physical, whether you go there or not. And some of us do that as believers. You are not working in the spirit. And witchcraft. Witchcraft is not necessarily the one that flies. Some people, you hate your, your friends so much. You wish them bad. You, you envy so much. You wish them evil things. It is witchcraft. You lie. You, you, you undermine. You destroy. You do things. And then the flying one too. People become enemies and they fight. There are some people who always like fights. They fight. They're always fighting. They're always making trouble. Feats of anger. That's what the other thing. Feats of anger, enmity. They become jealous, angry, ambitious. Some people are always angry. We all get angry. Well, I get angry once and everybody will hear. But we all get angry. See, you can be angry, but the sun should not go down on your anger. But some people are always angry. And they carry it with them and they are angry. They are bitter. It is not, it is a, it's a work of the flesh. You are jealous of other people. people you can't celebrate somebody's success. Somebody succeeds and you are jealous and you wish it was you. You can never be a pastor. God will not make you a leader. If you are a leader, he will drop you. If you are jealous, he will drop you. Because we are supposed to raise people to be better than us. That's my prayer. And often when I pray for my leader, I pray that they should be better than me. They should do greater works than I do. And some people say, you look at, look at the car I'm driving and look at the car you are driving. Some pastors will say that. Have you heard it before? They want to drive the best car in the church. No, no. And some of us are like that. You are not leaders. But you, are, you envy your, your friend. If the boyfriend is God, you see that, Charlie, the guy is correct. Then you're, before you realize in your heart, you are so jealous and so envious, you want to destroy it. When you get a small opportunity, you know, the, the gentleman knows that, oh, this is your best friend. Say, oh, uh, uh, what is your friend? I've not seen uh, oh, hey, oh, maybe then she will say something. It will start poison. It will not be good for you. It means that you are not working in the spirit. Hallelujah. They separate into parties and groups, even in church. People have cliques. And, and do you know something? Maybe you are doing church. Yeah, well, sorry. Let, let, let's talk about church. Even in church, people try to group. And then when they group, they are talking about another group. Then they are talking about somebody. They address uh, or train or whom. They are, you are always, you form groups, and if you form groups to encourage each other and to, and to edify yourselves, it's fine, it's powerful, it, it, it's, it's nice. But if you form groups against 
against other people is a problem. And the group that is not good is those groups that you are always concerned about the pastor, about the leaders, about the church, and that sort of thing. And you know yourself, stop. It means that you don't have the Holy, you are not working with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying it, the Bible is saying it. And they are, they, are, they are here, they are still here. Sometimes I try to deal with them, I try to scatter them. But yet, you see that some people start again. I know them, not all of them, but I know some. But we must stop. If you want to work with the Spirit and enjoy your Christian work, stop these clicks, negative clicks. I, I, I want people to make friends, people to have some young adults, they come together, here, they go. For, it's a long time I saw you, I saw you on your, at the, what do you call it, swimming's, uh, poolside and things like that. It's fine, it's, have fun, have time. Families, three, four families get together, have a barbecue and it's, it's nice, it's, it's beautiful. And you talk about God, how God is, God, how good God is, how church is good, how, uh, that sort of thing. But then you are negative and, uh, uh, mm, uh, what do you want? You don't have the Holy Spirit, go for it, hallelujah. They are envious, get drunk, have orgies and do other things like this. We as a church, as Love Sanctuary, we have come out plain to say that drinking alcohol is not a sin. Instead of hiding, pretending, and yet we do it, it is plain, it's not a sin. Okay? But you shouldn't be drunk. Drunkenness is a sin. So having a little wine with your fufu this Sunday afternoon is fine. These are some of the things in the past I will not preach, but I've come to know that things are happening, and if you are hiding... <laughs> And if, you are <laughs> and if you are hiding it and it becomes, become, you are not free. You are, yeah, you are in bondage. Now you are free. But you should know your limit. You should know your limit and stop. Some, for some, it's not good. I used to drink a little here and there. But I've noticed recently that it's not good for me. I will not judge anybody who is, who is drinking. But I've noticed me, health-wise, it's not good for me. So I've stopped. But it doesn't mean, if you come to my house and you want money, I'll give you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want us to enjoy our Christian work. I want us to not to be in bondage, to be pretending and hypocrites. Now and they are, I don't like, rah. that's why I'm making this point. But don't be drunk. Bible says don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Either you are filled with drink or you are filled with the Spirit. When you choose one, you can't do it half-half. Okay, so don't be drunk. Take control. Hallelujah. And so, and then have orgies, and then threesome. What's that? You know threesome. This is an adult church, Mboa. And things, things like that. It's not right. It's not of God. Those who do these things will not possess the kingdom of God. You may go to heaven, but the kingdom of God, the peace, the peace of God, the blessings of God that you enjoy, even here, you can't enjoy. It's like you go to a kingdom, because we are in a kingdom, you go to UK, for instance, and you don't want to do the things that the culture of UK does. You are doing the things that the culture of Ghana does. Like you can stand anywhere and we be. The police will arrest you. So if you are in the kingdom of God and you are doing those things from the other kingdom, you cannot enjoy. They will put you to jail. You cannot enjoy there. You go there and you say you you not use, you want to carry cash only. You could, don't want to use the financial system and things. You can't enjoy. You cannot buy a house if you say uh, you want to wait till you gather money to buy. It is not that's not how their kingdom works. 
The kingdom works on credit. It works on bank system. I'm just giving you examples. Because in Ghana, if, if I say this is my house, it means it's my house. I've, I've bought it, I've paid it, it's finished. Or I built it myself. Then if you say this is my house, it means that you have 25 years more to pay. <laughs> so they have their cultures. They have, that's why it, we have our language and say, but I'm not, I'm not good there. So there are things that we do in every kingdom. It says if you come to the kingdom of God and you are doing these things that are done in the other kingdom, you will not enjoy, oh, you will enjoy that. That's why some of us are not enjoying because we are not walking with the spirit as the kingdom demands, but we are walking according to the flesh where the, the devil's kingdom, what the devil's kingdom does. All these things is for our benefit. It doesn't change God. I tell you, most of the instructions you have in the Bible is not to make God happy or make God uh, better God or bigger God or whatever. It is for us to enjoy. It's not for him. Kingdom, every kingdom has its rules. Let's obey the rules of our kingdom. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Now the fruits of the spirit, Galatians 5.22, we call it the fruit of the spirit because it is one fruit, but inside the fruit are many flavors. There are many flavors in the same fruit. So the fruit is not fruits, it's the fruit of the spirit. When you are walking in the, in, with the spirit, these are the things. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hallelujah. So I'm not saying that if you see somebody angry, you know, say this one, <laughs> you, you are not, <laughs> don't judge. Don't judge. We are all growing. We are all for, all for witchcraft and things there. That one there, you do it small, small. That one there, stop crying. But anger and things. And the other day, you were drinking and you didn't know your limit and you passed small and you were dragged. That doesn't condemn the person as somebody who doesn't walk in the spirit. We are all growing. Hallelujah. But these things must generally be seen in your life. This is how you must walk. This is how you must be. These are the things that you manifest, the fruit that you bear. That people will see and know that true, you are working in the spirit. You are working with the spirit. Hallelujah. And the, the spirit, when you work with the spirit of God, you get all these things. It will manifest and gradually it will become more pronounced in your life. Gradually it will be more pronounced over the period that you grow. People will see that. So when you become a very mature Christian, you see that all these things are showing. The love, joy, peace. So people cannot love. In fact, it's because you don't love yourself. You cannot love anybody. See, Love your neighbor as yourself. So please love yourself so that you can love your neighbor too. Hallelujah. Love, joy. You see, there are difficulties, there are pain, financial, whatever, the world economy, Ghana economy, things are messed up. But you can still have joy in the midst of all that. Peace, patience. I've walked it. I've been there. So don't say, Pastor doesn't know. For Pastor, dear, maybe he has money. So no, I've been there. I've been poor and yet I had my joy. I had peace. I didn't have food to eat, but I had peace because I had God, I had the Holy Spirit. May you walk in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Faithfulness is one thing I want to talk about. Let's be faithful. Let's not be unfaithful and double-tongued and pretend that we are following you are not following. Hallelujah. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the, his passions and desires. 
So if you are working with Christ, see that you crucify the flesh, you crucify that spirit that pushes you, that spirit that demands that you go, you do the other things. You crucify it. Crucify means that you kill it, you let it die. It is painful, it's difficult. But you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. You want to be envious? Ah, you, you all completed school. He's got a job. And then uh, she got a job. And then you haven't got a job yet. Then you realize she came to give you an invitation card to come to a wedding also. What's that? You haven't got a boyfriend. You haven't got a boyfriend. But, but he has got a job and now he's going to marry. At least you should get the marriage and he should get a job. So that, no. So you are becoming envious. You are becoming jealous. You are becoming, no. Don't control yourself. You know, you know that, oh no, I'm, I'm becoming jealous. I'm becoming, tell yourself, no, 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 no. I must be happy for my sister. Must be, you, you tell yourself. Because you know, know that you are moving this way. Tell yourself, no, 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 it will help. I'll pray for her. I'll be happy for her. That's how you, 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 you crucify. Crucify the flesh. Crucify those, those desires, those passions. Crucify them gradually. It will take time. You catch yourself doing it sometimes, but you, you crucify. You say, no. I won't go that way. Gradually. It's not some mystical something be that at once no everything will change. There's there are some character, there are some habits, there are some things that we have to crucify. Because your mind crucify. I say, look, people think that because we are gentle, I tell Pasado, people think because we are gentle, or they do things and we don't react the way people, normal people, other people react, they think that we don't know how to how to be rough. I know Pastor Fee is a gentleman, but he can be rough if he needs to be rough. I know him well, but every time that I'm offended, any time that something goes wrong and I don't say anything, it's not because I'm weak. As a believer, it's not because you are weak. It's because you decide that you will not take the usual or the normal, what people call normal, course of action. It's not because the person is weak. Let's get to that point. And when we're able to ride above those things, then people will see you and they will admire you. They say, ah. This man is a mature person. Hallelujah. So when you offend somebody and the person is supposed to slap you, it doesn't slap you. Don't think the person is afraid of you. It's just because he's walking by the Spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. And then if you live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step. Let's walk with the Spirit. We walk in step. You are walking with the Spirit in step. So everything we do, we are in step with the Spirit. Let's not leave the Spirit behind. Let's not the spirit leave us behind. Let us walk with the spirit every time, in every way. Hallelujah. There are some attitudes we must avoid. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. What's the meaning of grieve? It means make sad or distress. Holy Spirit is a person. It's a person without flesh. Say, don't make him sad. How do we make him sad? Because he's talking to you and you're not listening. You make him sad. Don't grieve him. I love my children. I love you all. And... I can't love you more than I love you. But some of you do things that grieve me. The Holy Spirit is there for us. He loves us. But sometimes we do things that grieve. So you don't do this and we do it. It grieves. Sometimes people do things and it grieves me. It doesn't mean I don't love them anymore. But it pains me. It hurts me. It makes me sad. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, you, are, you, are, you know that you are anger. And the anger has come. The Holy Spirit prompts you. And you say, no, no, no. Let me say it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You make him sad. He's a person. And when you are grieving, you know, if you, your child does something that you've told him not to do, you are pained. You still love your child. And, and that thing that the child did will create consequences for him. So you are grieved because he could have avoided it. Maybe never grieve the Holy Spirit. Another thing too, it says, I don't want to go there. It says, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Do not quench the Holy Spirit. 
It means do not extinguish the Holy Spirit. It's like taking, like a fire. You take a bucket of water and pour it on it. Boom. The Holy Spirit is burning inside you. He's guiding you. And then, for some reason, you just decide to ignore the Holy Spirit completely, like quenching it. It's a fire, Holy Spirit fire. You just take water and pour it on it and walk away. You have to quench the Spirit. You are quenching your life. Because the Spirit gives life. Without the Spirit, you'll be dead. The Spirit gives life. We shouldn't quench the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Do not do anything that will make the Holy Spirit come down or the power reduce. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. It could be by action. It could be by words. It could be by anything that you do. And then let's not resist the Holy Spirit. Some of us resist the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is telling you, go this way, and you don't go. You resist the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's Holy Spirit. You are being spoken to like I'm teaching you, and yet your mind is somewhere. You are resisting what we are saying. Sometimes we call for an offering. Maybe you don't call. Yourself, you are there, and you sense you must give an offering to somebody or to church or something. And then, <laughs> no, you, you think of what you can use the money for. No, I don't do. We do it. You don't shake your head like I'm shaking my head, but in you, you shake your spirit. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's not resist the Holy Spirit. Because, uh, what do you call it? Um, Stephen, when they were about to stone him to death, he was speaking to the guys, and that's why Acts chapter 7, verse 51 says, You stiff naked people, uncircumcised in the heart and years, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. And it's the unbelievers mostly who resist the Holy Spirit. But do not resist the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It means don't oppose the Holy Spirit. Don't stand against the Holy Spirit. Never stand against the Holy Spirit. Amen. So finally, how, do we, how do, are we filled with the Spirit? How do we walk with the Spirit? One, you must ask. Luke chapter 11 verse 13 says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you ask him, he will give it to you. Hallelujah. So if you want the Holy Spirit, just ask the Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Yes, I have the Holy Spirit, but fill me. Fill me. Lift my I lift up my cup, Lord. Fill it. Can somebody sing for me? I'll give you the tune. Follow it. <laughs> let's, let's rise up. And then the next one is abide in him. John 50 verses to 7. We'll sing the song. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you'll be thrown away and, and you wither. And the branches are gathered and thrown to the fire. Abide in him and let his words abide in you. Shall we lift up our hands as we, as we sing the song? The woman at the well. Who is singing for me? Fill my cup, Lord. You 
changed my destiny with the awesome price you paid now I can say thank you for listening follow us on YouTube and on Facebook at Prosper Asamoah for more of these teachings God bless you